hello. Uh, before you listen to this, you should know that we use naughty words and talk about bottoms and things. So if you do not like explicit content, now is the time to stop listening. Otherwise, hold on for the good stuff. Hello and welcome to That Was The Week That Was A While Ago, the podcast where we try to understand yesteryear's internet nonsense today. I'm Oscar. And I'm Alex. Alex, would you like to know what arpeggios of wonderfulness were uh, distracting us in the internet space last year? I certainly would arpeggiate me. Could you give me a little reaction in the form of a trumpet noise to each of these, please, Alex? Certainly can. An iPhone was dropped in the sea and videoed its entire drop to the sea floor. <laughs> Ireland voted to legalise same-sex marriage. <laughs> Eurovision 2015 happened. <laughs> Steven Seagal was called upon to mediate between the US and Russia over Syria. I'm going to shove a trumpet up your ass. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. Um, should, we, should we crack on with this iPhone thing? Yeah. I mean, what can you tell me about this iPhone? Because, I mean, I, I, I honestly can't remember this happening, except in... I have recur- You know, like in the olden days when people used to have nightmares about losing their teeth? I have nightmares about swimming with my phone yeah and actually like uh, there's a really vivid part in the early bit of this uh, this video where you can see that he's dropped his phone and like it's quite difficult to see because the phone is the thing that is videoing it and it's also been dropped um per the introduction but um <laughs> but um he is desperately flailing around trying to catch the thing that he has just dropped which is such like i don't think i've ever done that but it's so familiar from my nightmares. Um, what it is, is, uh, you know, do I have to explain it? It's not a very good video of, of what it is. The, the, the seafloor is about, um, about 20 feet down, and it's pretty cool that it, like, it happened. Um, yeah, but look, the thing about I, this, go, t- tell me. I, I was just going to say the worst thing about it is that, like, in common with all the worst videos on YouTube, it is in portrait mode. Yeah, fuck Like, that why shit. would your phone do that to you? Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to swim to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> it's going to be in portrait. Yeah, and also nothing is going to happen except you see a fish. Yeah. Which, like, in the real ocean, very exciting. In the, in the, the, in the ocean shot portrait on YouTube, not very exciting. But look, the thing about this is that I did that thing that you're not supposed to do on the internet, and especially not on YouTube. Do you want to know what I did? Go on. I read the comments. Oh, shit. What happened? Um, Excellent comment a little bit down the page. I'm going to go for it, and I'm going to go for it in the style of the commenter, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. I tried to hold my breath through this whole thing. Good thing I'm a trumpet player, and I lasted through the whole video and this comment. Maybe he's a ghost. Maybe he died and then writes YouTube comments. (laughs) <laughs> maybe 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 it's like an algorithm designed to make the most non sequitur comment possible on a youtube video no i don't think it's that i think he's really really proud of being a trumpet player and i think that he probably says good thing i'm a trumpet player between 20 and 30 times a day yeah he's like the old vegan joke isn't he like you know how how do you know when your friend has turned into a trumpet player yeah. don't worry they'll let you know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd come out of a of a, um, of a public uh, public restroom and say to his friend, "Oh my God, good thing I'm a trumpet player. It really smelled in there. I held my breath throughout the entire time and this story." <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't go in there for a few minutes if I were you. I'm a trumpet player. <laughs> hey, um, shall we talk about something else? <laughs> wow, that is the best segue you have ever done. <laughs> 
hey, I'm <coughs> I'm bored of this. Let's move on. Yeah, let's let's talk about something else. Yeah, um, let's do that. So Ireland last year voted to legalise same-sex marriage. Um, it was the first country in the world to do it by by a popular vote. And do you know what? What they smashed it. It wasn't even close. It was It was no. like it was like sixty-seven percent. That's pretty decent. When it's you good, think isn't about it? it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what they did after that? I I dread to think, Oscar. Let me know. Um, I'm going to give you this in the form of a BuzzFeed headline. Okay. Ireland voted to legalise same-sex marriage, and you'll never guess what happened next. You know what? Fuck that shit. Look, they got really drunk. They got <laughs> really, really drunk. And then a lot, of, uh, a lot of gay people proposed to one another. That's nice. Isn't it lovely? I suppose it is a promising move that, like, that this went up for a vote. Yeah. It's a nice thing to kind of... I mean, at the moment, I'm so sick of referenda and, you know, popular plebiscites that good I plural, would happily... plural there. Can I just... Uh, you learned some Latin at school, didn't you? You know, I never did. Did you not? No, no, no. Did you just, like, passively absorb the right way to pluralise things through... I, I mean, I did a politics A-level, and they said referenda and referendums are both acceptable words, and you will not be marked down for either. Uh, I just quite... I mean, it's like when people say octopi and you go, no, that's not actually it. I mean, it's a Greek plural, so it would be octopodes if it were anything, but it's not. Octopuses is fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Which makes so... I get so many friend requests on Facebook as a result of that kind of sentence being handed down to people from me. Yeah. You know, correcting them on potential Greek plurals. (laughs) That's why half of my following is there. Yeah. They're the people who read your blog, aren't they? I don't know if anyone really reads my blog, Oscar. I, I think that's that, that's sort of that, that's something I wish happened. I read it. Oh, thanks. I don't know. It's cute. It's cute. Kind of like this. I think um, last week we talked a little bit about stereotypes, didn't we? I think Ireland is nailing it here because uh, not only did largely. Perhaps uh, actually, I don't really know that much about Ireland. I can't. Maybe I can't speak that much about the, the culture and the people themselves. But the stereotype certainly is um, rather Catholic, perhaps rather socially conservative. And what did they go and do? They went and va- voted for marriage equality, going against type. But yeah. Then, then what did they go and do? They went and got fucking smashed. I know. It's a sort of. It's a kind of uh, the old bait and switch, there, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's sort of like a, um, I know you know what I think I am, but I'm not, but also I am. <laughs> I'm a complicated, multifaceted nation with <laughs> lots of things that happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe not reducible to a stereotype, but also sometimes reducible to a stereotype if it involves a drink. There is this strange thing, though, is that, like, I've been thinking a lot this week about referenda and, and what it takes to get people involved. There's that word again. I know. I'm just going to, I'm going to live it up. I, I'm... I might even say something about surgeons general later, just so I can prove that I know which word in that to pluralise. Ooh, okay. Um, There's something really interesting about how referenda get people excited, because I I remember being hugely excited about the AV referendum, Mm. because I I love different voting systems. It's something that I read up on on Wikipedia as I'm trying to go to sleep, Mm. and, uh, you know, something I I will talk the hind leg of a donkey about. Yeah. But I don't remember... I don't remember kind of us all having like a big meet in a, you know, in Parliament Square to stand while someone came out on the balcony and goes, 
congratulations, Britain is now an alternative voting nation. No one did that, and then we didn't get drunk, even though, like, you know, it wasn't even commiseratory drunk. I mean, I think I went to the pub, but yeah. that was more of a sort of pre-existing social arrangement than a, you know... more habit than... Yeah, exactly. Something out of the ordinary. And I'm, I'm wondering what, you know, in light of Britain's forthcoming uh, suicide note referendum, yeah. uh, whether, you know, whether, whether there will be jubilatory drinking. Do you think, do you think if, because I mean, the problem is with, with, with the comparison here is with Ireland, this is such a sort of, you know, this is, the system is changing. This is like a complete over, like you say, yeah. it's playing against type. I think the problem with British referenda is often that they, um, it's like, do you want to keep the status quo? Yeah, probably you do, don't you? And no yeah. one's ever going to go and get wankered to say, yes, things are the same as yesterday. I think there might be a lot of relief drinking. Yeah, I mean, or, yeah. Or, or, yeah, or sad drinking. Yeah. It would be nice to have, like, an unambiguously good thing happen drinking, like what Ireland got. Yeah, maybe we could make it a double bubble referendum. Like, you know, do you want to stay in the EU and everyone gets a free chocolate bar? Or do you want to leave the EU and everyone gets a free um, bar made out of crushed holly leaves, which you also have to eat? Oh, God. Because then everyone would vote for chocolate. That's true. And also would be very relieved that they didn't have to eat the holly leaves. Exactly. So we could all have a celebratory pint. I don't understand why you're not running the world, Alex. I know. I, I, I think no. it's mostly that... You know it's mostly that I get up at about 10 o'clock in the morning and that's not mm. really the time to... I mean, the, the world has started running itself by then. Mm. Yeah, let's say fair, innit? I saw two people... This is a sort of complete aside, I just want to say. I saw yeah. two people when I was walking around Berlin on the weekend who... Uh, they were a couple and each was going down the road on a unicycle. Mm. And I kept thinking that this was the most like selfish individualist tandem I'd ever seen. It's like... <laughs> A tandem f- for when you hate the other person. Yeah. Just like, you know, we're, not go- we're going out together, but not. But, I don't want to rely on you. Yeah, exactly. It's like a really passive-aggressive date. You're too slow. Catch me up at the pub. Yeah. Or pedal faster. Fuck's sake. Or if you're going to get there before me, at least get us a drink in. Exactly. Darling. I mean, if they, if they unicycled all the way up to the bar as well, that would be good. Yeah. Although, I think- probably make it difficult. does it make it difficult to carry your drink? I would imagine so. Although, then again, I regularly have seen circus performers who can juggle knives on a on a high unicycle. So I don't. I think if you're proficient, it doesn't matter that much, right? Mm, yeah. No. The trick is you've got you've got to make sure you can hold your drink as a unicycle. <laughs> you can hold your drink. Uh, that that could be a that could be a card. Like a man on a unicycle holding a pint, going and underneath it says, "You can hold your drink." Alex, I don't understand why you're not running the world and a really successful card manufacturer. <laughs> Let's go into business. <laughs> business. <laughs> yeah, right, let's do a startup. <laughs> they, they, they're always great, those things. They're never exploitative and horrible. No, and never, like, stupid either. Yeah. I think never stupid brings us on nicely to our next topic. Yes. <laughs> which so, is that... yeah, sorry, do you, oh, 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 okay, I've got a good lead into this, actually. Oh, go, I... go on, go on, okay. go on. Um, so, as far as I understand it, there are basically three types of people, uh, which is that you like football, or you like politics, or you like Eurovision. Now, Alex, I believe that you're something of a daywalker in that you actually you actually like two of those three, right? You like both politics, as we've recently established, but also Eurovision. So why don't you tell us about Eurovision? So, Eurovision is a beautiful contest and something I have grown to appreciate more and more since its, you know, 
humble introduction to my life when it was staged at the Birmingham National Indoor Arena in the mid-90s. Mm. Um, Eurovision and uh, Intravision, uh, previously over the, over the wall, um, is a singing competition, although it isn't. It's a competition that has uh, links to international uh, sort of overseas military adventures, oil pipelines, repression of LGBT people, uh, the Armenian genocide uh, and Stalinism. And yeah. there are very few things that air for four hours on BBC One on a Saturday night other than Noel's house party that could really be said to have fulfilled all of those boxes. It's a song contest, but it's so much more than a song contest. Exactly. It, it is everything at once. And um, it's, uh, I mean, I think it's fair to say that it has a strong LGBT following. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is also... A, a fantastic night for fans of sarcasm and uh, sort of thinly veiled national stereotypes. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> 2015 was a was a year. Definitely happened. I remember um, it. Uh, the Eurovision Song Contest was staged in Austria because previously, uh, in the 2014 Song Contest, uh, Conchita Wurst had won the contest. And side note, she recently unveiled a waxwork to herself here in Berlin, and it made all the front pages of the papers. Which tell, was... tell me more about this Conchita Wurst. Conchita Wurst is uh, a singer um, who presents as female, yet has a beard and troubles a lot of gender identity stuff, and specifically troubles places where gender identity stuff is definitely not on the agenda, like, for example, the Russian Federation. Mm. Um, so, so the 2015 contest was incredibly interesting because every time Conchita came uh, it, it's not always the case but often the case that the previous year's winner co-hosts the next year's event and we couldn't so, get enough of Conchita could we no and I mean this was the thing she was everywhere like I think she made she made it onto the stamp at some point uh, either here or in Austria um oh good oh that makes me happy yeah, it's it's just such. I mean, I think for you know for most of Europe, they were like, "This is wonderful." You know, so we can we can vote for this. Yeah. Um, especially because like sometimes it, it's a very strange thing with the sort of entries that you get, especially from Russia, which um, have lent towards the more sort of uh, have sometimes failed to understand the wants and desires of the audiences. Also, Poland. Um, I can't remember whether it was Russia or Poland, but one year had this sort of. Um, song about milkmaids and it was just it was a lot of boobs going on like I mean just it was it was flesh all over the place it wasn't you know it was not Saturday Night BBC One material usually again un- unless it was Noel's house party and we all remember the debauched romps that happened we there. do Last Days of oh, Rome aka yeah pretty much I just you know it, it was that gunge tank when they changed the colour from green that was that was and you just knew what what Noel had been up to yeah, um, for several years prior. It's ready now, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Blobby, you're the first one in, yeah? Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, so, Eurovision 2015 <laughs> absent. Um, but, so, it was also controversial because every time Conchita was, like, interviewing the people in the green room who were like, oh, I really want to win because I'm from my country and my country's great, which is always, like, as much as they can say. Yeah. Um, uh, Russian TV would cut to an advert break. Um, so she eventually did it. So she just uh, stood next to the Russian candidate for the rest of the show with her arm round her. 
Although the other problem was that the audience was booing Russia um, because, like I said, international geopolitics, and it turns out annexing half of Ukraine is not like a vote winner. No. So, <sighs> yeah, so, and then uh, some guy from Sweden won it in the end. It was a really forgettable song. It wasn't forgettable. It was just, it was really well staged. Like, it was him talking to a kind of computer animated shadow boy thing that appeared on the screens next to him and it was the same trick that russia tried this year of like having a fine song that's you know pretty toe tapping but nothing special but really amazing staging Mm. so yes eurovision is you know it's changed a lot and i think one of the problems that britain has is that you know in the same way as it links into the referendum of we have absolutely no idea often about the rest of europe at the best yeah. of times. And, and I think it's also like, you, uh, you know, much as I know about Eurovision, which is not that much, um, we sort of... Do you, sorry, Oscar, do you, yeah. not, do you not watch it? I don't watch it, no. No, I know. I, I hope we can continue to be friends. But I think I'm also quite British in that respect, in the sense that I sort of think that I am better than it, as, at the same time as not really wanting to be part of it, but entering it anyway, because... I feel like I should win it. Not me yeah. personally, although I could probably give it a good welly. Well, it's good of you to think like that, yeah. I mean, why, why not try things out? Eurovision is a way of working out complex geopolitics via uh, NAF pop and um, interesting uh, gender interactions and accompanying that boobs. Yes? I mean, the boobs are optional. The level of boob is is in direct proportion to the amount of cynicism in the song. Eurovision is also a massive piss up, so you know you have to like the the, um, the advice from Terry Wogan was never to start drinking before song number nine. But I don't think anybody really takes <laughs> any any notice of that. Yeah, I mean, there, it used, that was one of the things that used to be enjoyable with Terry Wogan when he was doing it was that you just hear him gradually start slurring as you <laughs> Do you think it's? Do you think what he means is like? Don't like you can you can drink before song nine, but don't start drinking drinking before song nine. Yeah. You know, yeah. no spirits before song yeah. nine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I I love Eurovision because I think it's if we imagine that you know to, to simplify it massively yeah. that Europe is one big year in a school, yeah, and there are tons and tons of cliques each representing their own country, yeah, and each clique is then required to go to a talent show and sing, yeah, but. For some reason, they're not allowed to do covers. They have to make up their own songs, and inevitably that means that they have their own in-jokes yeah. that do not translate to any of the other cliques. Yeah. But they think is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's that. You're just watching people go like, hey, you, you remember that thing we did with the Dolma leaves in Ukraine? <laughs> and, and everyone else is like, I don't, I don't I, understand I fucking that. idea what he's on about. So before I got onto, like, we got into the correlation of boobs and cynicism, I was, uh, I was thinking, so, okay, so it's about geopolitics played out through campy pop music. Is that fair? Yeah. And sometimes boobs. Right. I know what you're thinking, Alex, probably, because I know what I'm thinking at this point. How many scenes are there in Star Trek of protracted trade negotiations that could have been replaced by a singing, dancing Federation vision? This is actually a very good point, because this year year and in 2015, Australia were allowed in to perform in the Eurovision Song Contest. And in many ways, they are the Borg. 
because they are a competent nation yeah. with no, um, you know, they, they can sing. They can sing in English without making weird lyrical decisions um, uh, that don't make any sense in actual English. Yeah. And they, they're from a different quadrant. Yes. And they have to come through transwarp corridors. And if you touch an Australian, you become an Australian. Yeah. It's, you're Australian then. Apparently. And yeah, like, can you escape? Like like uh, John Luc Picard. Well, I mean, I think it, there's a, a long process of rehabilitation where you have to go and sit in a French vineyard and be, you know, right. European back to health. Uh, how do you how do you get European back to health? Does it involve booze and boobs? Because I bet it does. <laughs> <laughs> it involves it involves being inducted into the panel of the Eurovision Song Contest. So you have to plan the next year's one. But no, it, it's a fair point though. Like if if the Federation had one of these, it would just be. I mean, because. I feel like I'm trying to think which country would ah yeah so the Nordic countries often yeah. put in these very sincere songs so right. I would like to say that they would be Vulcan I would oh. say Norway would be the Vulcan entry it would be oh, I sung... they would be a bit more like I feel I get I get like um I get quite a Betazoid vibe off them actually uh, I, I mean Oscar of course I mean your opinion is valid but you know but wrong. W- watch the show watch the show <laughs> okay yeah. Okay, fine. Vulcans, Vulcans, and Romulans for the Nordics. Would Finland? No, I mean Finland be the be the Romulans. Finland would Finland would be the Romulans. Yeah, Vulcan would be Norway. Um, Betazoids would be the Dutch. Okay, yeah. Um, Ferengi. <sighs> Careful. Yeah, that's that. I, I would like to pass on that one. Uh, <laughs> the Germans would be the Cardassians. Is that us? <laughs> Actually, yeah, it is. Fuck, and there'd, is be sing, there'd be a, a group with um, enormous wigs on it. If you could do covers, going, "I need money, that's what I want." Exactly, that's us. That's us down to a team. Well, that's you. you. That's a really that's a more competent entry to the song contest than we've had in a long time. Maybe you should just dress as a Ferengi and like we should just go as a Star Trek nerd convention as a band. To uh-huh. just try and win on the weird vote. We can use that app that we were talking about a few uh, seconds ago. What's our What's our band name? A few seconds ago, a few episodes ago, where we where you put the band name in and it uh, spits out. Like we'd have to get the venture funding and make the app first, obviously. But like, what's our band name for this Star Trek Ferengi thing? Oh, uh, I'd say the rules of acquisition. Oh yes. Oh winner. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we're doing it. Look out, this time next year, we'll be talking about how this time this year we decided to form the rules of accusation and cruise to victory in Eurovision. Yeah, we'll be we'll have our waxwork in Madame de Swords. We'll be on the yeah. stamps now. Yeah, we'll be getting censored by Russian TV. Uh, who knows? We maybe maybe we already are. Probably. Do, do we have any listeners in Russia? As we've established, it's not so much censorship as obscurity. It's not the same thing. <laughs> it is the same thing. Like, as, as the internet has taught us, you know, it's not a case... It, free speech isn't free speech. It's, it's that everybody has to listen to everything everyone says. Otherwise, you're being a censor, man. Yeah, check your privilege, mate. A hashtag Gamergate. Assuming that, you know, assuming that we are hurtling... With, with um, assuming that we're in charge of the world and we're hurtling to a space where trade negotiations and uh, tedious interventions by multi-dimensional space beings are, mm. are are coming to an end, it's worth pointing out that you know a year ago a, a radically different approach, although with some similarities, was um, was was attempted between the US and Russia. I've, you know the. There are many things you can say about Steven Seagal, star of Under Siege, Under Siege 2, Under Siege 3, 
that other film that is like Under Siege but isn't. I can't remember what it's called. It's like in a boat or something. There are also uh, many things you'd better not say about Steven Seagal, certainly not in his presence. Yeah, he's um, he, he's big into his martial arts. I remember that. And I think he's friends with the fella from Aerosmith and he plays a lot of guitar. Yeah. He had an album out in 2002, if I remember right. Yeah. And probably several subsequent. It doesn't really seem like he'd be the kind of person to just settle for one album. So uh, the, you know... This week in the real world, um, the former general from NATO said that within a year we'll be at war with Russia, which mm. it could be scaremongering, you never know, but not as long as Steven Seagal is mediating between the US and Russia. I mean, I can't see any problems happening there because he's, he's a large man. It I mean, Putin is. Putin is a small man, and it, it's a very noticeable thing. There's some, there's some photos in, uh, regularly displayed in the, the, the Russian war graves in, in Berlin of visits from... Uh, state leaders back in the 90s and Putin is a short man. Steven Seagal went went there last year Putin's there um, not shirtless or on a horse or having discovered some artefacts in the middle of the the um, Mediterranean as he normally does but you know he was just taking time out to model. Busy man he is well, you know, he's got to he's got to fulfil his modelling contracts as you know Russia's most beautiful man, as well as um, M- Russia's most topless man, Russia's most horseback man, Russia's most uh, you know easily offendable man. World's well, most terrifying things. psychopath. It's just his eyes, isn't it? It's just yeah. something you look into them. And you're like he's like you just imagine he's, he's, he's killed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, like Victorian ideas about how to spot criminals through um, what you call it, measuring their skulls and looking at their faces, thoroughly out of fashion and for good reason. But it does hold water in this case. You can yeah, tell. There's no smoke without fire. Right. So uh, Steve, Stephen Seagal was proposed as a, as an envoy, was it, to the US by by Putin because he's a close personal friend of Putin? I believe that might be the the you know the gist of it. I mean, yeah. it's an interesting point that Putin wished to make peace with such a magnanimous offer, if that is in fact what this was all about. It's fucking top-level trolling, is what this is about. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I, I feel that there are many people in this world who are having difficulty understanding the nuances of the uh, Syrian and broader Middle East post-Arab Spring conflicts. I feel like you know, a meta-analysis, a meta-analysis of the PhDs conducted in the last 10 years on, on Middle East conflict studies wouldn't even begin to fucking dent the mm. complexity of the issue. Mm. But that's actually the point. You need to get around that. Yeah. You need to have the star of Under Siege appear out of nowhere and shoot every bad guy because he knows who the bad guys are. Right. And that is certainly pretty much the approach that the outgoing UN peace envoy to the Middle East took, which which happened around about the same time um, last year, which was Tony Blair. So I don't think it's coincidence, really, that, you know, uh, he, in a way, passed the baton, the heavily armed baton, onto Steven Seagal. It is the thing, isn't it? You can kind of imagine Tony Blair in an Under Siege 2 style film. Like, and, and for those not aware of Under Siege 2, the cinematic triumph that it is, mm. it's um, the same premise as Under Siege of Steven Seagal kills lots of people, but this time it's on a train. Ah. Yeah, so, you got, so I, I've got this vision of sort of Tony Blair on a train in the early 90s, just, as, um, just after former Labour leader John Smith had died, 
um, going up and down a train, killing his rivals and enemies, and eventually having to face Gordon Brown in the buffet car. Mm, which would be like a bit like a, a Mortal Kombat type um, yeah, exactly. situation. Finish him. <laughs> and Offer him the Chancellery of the Exchequer. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, hey, who else would you like to mediate things? I mean, not to bring everything back to Star Trek, but I would really like Patrick Stewart involved in more things. Mm. Seeing him grow up into a man who ostensibly does not look different to how he looked in the early 90s, and that, yeah. that is worrying, yeah. but a man who spends a lot of his life campaigning for nice issues and is from, you know, Yorkshire, God's own county, and, mm. you know, I don't know, I feel like he'd be... I, fe- I feel like he could do it. I think, like... What we need, actually, like, urgently these days... Well, not urgently, because it's all a load of stuff and nonsense. But we do need someone to put the Falklands, or Malvinas, depending on your stripe, um, issue to bed, don't we? How do you fix something when the population there... It's like Northern Ireland. How do you fix something when the population is a particular way? Can we send Steven Seagal now that he's free down to the Falklands and he can... uh, he can just under siege his way. Maybe he can clear the minefields to start off with and then do other things. I was actually thinking that um, either either Conchita Verst or Edith Piaf would be quite good for that one. Isn't Edith Piaf dead? If she weren't dead, though. Right, okay. Oh, so we can have anyone living or dead? Yeah, from the oh. 20th century. Okay, yeah, re- the recently-ish dead. Yeah. Um, also, Taiwan, uh, the Republic of China, and the People's Republic of China. Who do you think? I think like maybe Jeff Goldblum would be quite good at that. Yeah, um, Michael he- Gove. <laughs> <laughs> Gets them out of our hair. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> it's very clever, you know. Hey, hey, Gideon, I've got a job for you. It's this yeah. nice little spot called Korea. They're having a little bit of a problem, but just uh, sort it. It won't take more than a couple of weeks. Just stay there until you've got them to agree. We'd like you to wear this T-shirt of Kim Jong Un being skull fucked and just wave <laughs> around a bit on the border. Yeah, thanks. Cheers, dude. Uh, yeah. Um... <laughs> Do you think? Do you think Steven is Steven Seagal married? Do you think his wife was like, "Oh my god, he's knocking around the house. He keeps on going off on these cockeyed projects about this DIY projects he's going to do, these albums he's going to release. He just needs something to do. He needs a job." Yeah, so it's like when you know, I, I don't know. With my parents, they, they as they kind of retired, they took on more voluntary projects, and I feel like you know, they, like like. You know, Stephen Seagal's just getting to the end of his weekly shop at Sainsbury's, and he sees the little pin board by the by the trolley return, yeah. and he sees a little thing like going, "Would you like to be Middle East pin- peace envoy?" And he's like, "Well, you know what? I would. I feel like my skills exactly map to the needs there." Yeah, it's like it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, it's exactly what happened to him. He was shopping in California, and there was a little sign saying, "Do you want to be governor of California?" And he was like, "Yes." Well, yes. I believe Stephen Seagal was going to run for governor of Arizona. And oh, then he, uh, and then he was like, "No, a bit unambitious that." It's been done. It's true. It's true. I mean, you know, Arizona. Arizona's difficult as well. It's a fast-growing state. Is it? Yeah, Phoenix. It's full of people who can't afford to live in California anymore because of the California housing boom. All moved to Phoenix, and mm. so there's rapid growth, but without enough urban infrastructure planning. Fact of the day. Wow. Yeah. What that needs to be resolved with is a, is um, a singing, dancing, camp, booby song contest, I think. Well, exactly, but all of the songs about urban infrastructure planning, so they could have something about like how to deal with uh, water sanitation in a very dry environment or uh, how to encourage more Americans to use public transport. 
Only obliquely, though. Unless they're all... um, Your love is like a rapid transport system. You make my heart glug like an overclogged sewer. I mean, these would be the songs that the the fucking... What are they called? The Vulcans would put in. Are you calling me a Vulcan? I'm not calling you a Vulcan. Just saying that they exist and they sound like me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I didn't... I sort of wandered into that without really thinking about it, I'll be honest. I can tell. What do you think we learned this week? Um, I I feel like more than usual we learned nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, although I suppose we, um, we, I think we learned that it is possible for the world to give you warm fuzzies. Didn't didn't we? I suppose we did actually. We we like love. We like love. We we, we, we I approve of Eurovision, even if I don't like it that much. That's good of you. Um, and the. Steven Seagal is a renaissance man and he needs to turn his talents to more crises. Yeah, exactly. There, there is a lot of, there's a lot of work for Steven Seagal still to do. Yeah. And also, we learned that if you're going to drop your iPhone in the sea, then try and drop it somewhere where the sea is really shallow and you've got a good case on it and your captain can swim really good. Yeah. And try and get a trumpet player to help you out as well. Because they can do anything, I hear. They can hold their breath for so long. So long. For the entire length of this podcast. Do you think that Vladimir Putin is in fact a trumpet player and he's merely holding on to the Russian presidency to see how long he can hold his breath while being Russian president? Isn't Bill Clinton also a saxophone player? He is. Probably Maybe. what got him where he is in it's life true. today. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> Hillary is also... D- don't worry, Monica. I'm a saxophone player. You. <laughs> I'm not sure if that, like... Do, oh, I, no, that, doesn't, that joke yeah. is 20 years old. <laughs> it's such a... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, God. Uh, yeah, no, we didn't learn anything of substance, I don't think. There's nothing really to learn from, you know, the potential for war or, you know, European international politics. I mean, I think the, the, what we learned this week was that Eurovision doesn't really lend itself to dick jokes. Surprisingly. Yeah, I know. Well, I think they need to work on that. That's their problem, not ours. That's true. That's true. That's true. Well, that's everything. Um, thank you very much for listening. It's been a blast to have you. And uh, if you want to have more of us, then do subscribe in whatever way you feel is appropriate to your lifestyle. And if you want more people to enjoy us in places where it is appropriate to enjoy us, then get uh, get on with reviewing us at any of the places where you can review us, including uh, iTunes and similar, um, as that helps recommendation engines find us. And we are slaves to the algorithm. We are slaves to the algorithm. Speaking of being slaves to algorithms, if you fancy popping us on one of the many social networks that you probably use, like Bebo or MySpace... Or uh, where friend, are you now? Where are you now? Friends reunited. Um, maybe even adult friend finder. Um, just stick a link to this podcast on there. It's really easy to find um, in iTunes, but we're also on SoundCloud. So just stick a link on there uh, and help other people to uncover this joy. Um, and if you want uh, to give us feedback or make a suggestion or really just tell us anything at all, like how have you had a nice day or do you need some advice, then send us an email to t three. W4A2podcast at gmail.com or um, Alex, I believe you're on Twitter, aren't you? Yeah, I'm at Blangry. And I am at Mr. Underscore Oscar. All right. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. That was the week. That was a while ago.